0: Where do you get your joy from? Where do you get your strength from? How do you get what you need to cope with the challenges and the pressures of life? Seems to me that there are two possible answers to those questions. We can either go to the world, or we can go to God. I wonder which one of those is likely to have what you're looking for, huh? I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome again to the program as we take another look at the joy of the Lord from a different perspective. Well, over the last couple of days on the program, we've been taking a look at the joy of the Lord. Now, the joy of the Lord isn't an idea that I've come up with. It's something that the Bible talks about. And that phrase, the joy of the Lord, is a phrase that appears only once in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah in chapter 8. So we're going to take a look at that today in a whole bunch more detail because it's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing altogether to experience it day by day in our lives. But before we go there, let's just recap on the important, the profound difference between happiness and joy. Because unless we get that difference, the rest of our discussion about the joy of the Lord will, I suspect, miss the mark. Remember that happiness is our response to our circumstances. We're happy when our circumstances please us, when things are going our way. We're happy when we feel blessed, when we feel loved, when we feel valued, when we have enough to eat and enough to drink. Happiness is our emotional reflection of positive circumstances and so happiness is of this world. It's not a bad thing, don't get me wrong, but it's a fleeting thing because our circumstances aren't always in our favour, are they? So happiness deserts us when we need it most, when the going gets tough joy on the other hand is a gift from God the Bible talks a lot about joy and remember the Greek words for joy and for grace are almost identical they come from the same root word meaning that the joy is the free gift of God and the reason that the Bible can so often talk about joy in the context of suffering is that joy doesn't desert you when the going gets tough to the contrary the joy of the Lord is actually your strength It's an important difference and that brings me to chapter 8 of the book of Nehemiah where we're introduced to this concept of the joy of the Lord being our strength. So here's the situation. Israel has not long returned to Jerusalem following a 70-year exile in Babylon as slaves. When they get back by God's grace, they discover not surprisingly that Jerusalem has been destroyed. It's been 70 years after all. The most important thing in the beginning is to rebuild the wall that surrounds the city to protect them from attack. That's when Nehemiah comes in. God anointed him to lead that massive building effort, and they've just finished. Now, this wall was around four kilometres or two and a half miles long. Not so bad, you think, but, but wait on for a bit it was over 10 metres or 40 feet high and thick, thick enough not to be destroyed by enemies who would come against the city. It had gates and watchtowers and, and battlements built into it. And for over three years, they'd been slaving away to build this wall by hand, moving massive stones. Remember, there were no cranes or trucks or power tools. These people had been slogging their guts out for God and for the city. And the easiest thing in the world to do when you're doing that is to lose your joy. So let's pick up the story, Nehemiah, chapter 8, verses 1 to 10. All the people gathered together into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, all who could hear with understanding." This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it facing the square before the water gate from early in the morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. The scribe Ezra stood on a wooden platform that had been made for the purpose and beside him stood Mattaniah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, Messiah on his right hand and Pediah and Mishael and Malchijah and Hashem and Hashbadahana and Zechariah and Mushalum on his left hand. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of the people for he was standing above all the people and when he opened it all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also Yeshua and Bani and Sherebiah and Yamin and Akub and Shabbatai and Hodiah and Messiah and Kalita and Azariah and Jezebad and Hanan and Pele and the Levites helped the people to understand the law." while the people remained in their places. So they read from the book, from the book of the law, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn, do not weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our God and do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's a pretty amazing story from, from a number of perspectives. And it's a story that we're going to unpack today and over the next couple of weeks because there are some powerful truths in there about how do they hold of the joy of the Lord. The first and most amazing thing is that the people stood there in the square for several hours to listen to the word of God being read and preached. <laughs> I know churches these days where if the preacher goes over his allotted 25 minutes, everyone starts getting twitchy. Now, they got everyone together, the whole city, and they listened to the Torah, the law of God, being proclaimed and explained, and it cut them so deeply to the heart that they wept. It moved them so deeply that it cut them to the quick. I wonder how many of us have ever linked a real heart for God's word with the deep joy in our lives. I wonder. Now, as I said, this is a story that we're going to unpack some more over the next couple of days on the program. But now, let me ask you, how much of God's joy do you experience on a day-to-day basis in your life? Would you describe yourself as someone who's overflowing with the joy of the Lord? Or at the other end of the scale, as someone for whom the joy of the Lord seems to elude you? On a scale of 0 to 10, how much of the joy of the Lord do you actually experience for real in your life? That's the first question. And the second one is this. How often do you read your Bible and engage with God's Word? Think about it, pray about it, ponder it, set about living it. Again, on a scale of 0 to 10, 0 is almost never, 10 is every day. Right, so you've scored your level of joy, and you've scored your Bible reading patterns. And if I were a betting man, which I'm not, but if I were, I'd be prepared to bet that there's a very close correlation between the two. Am I right? And the reason for that is that God speaks to us primarily through his word, the Bible, the living word of God. It's not the only way, by the way, that he speaks to us. The Bible itself tells us that there are many other ways that God speaks to his people. But it is the main way, the most important way. And if the joy of the Lord comes from, well, the Lord, from God himself, and you and I aren't listening to him speak to his word, then why are we at all surprised that we don't experience his joy? Hmm? work some days. And as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why every now and then, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps when you least expect it even, I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord what word of encouragement could I give today? So if you like the occasional word of encouragement, head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook Power Unlimited. Thousands already have and the most common response, Hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message and I'd love to encourage you too to live your life.